Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Brianna Hope Beaton, and today we are talking about Paper Towns, the Peanuts movie, Pixels, All Work, All Play, and Ant-Man. So right now we are speaking with 17-year-old Michelle from Miami and 16-year-old Harmony from San Jose about Paper Towns, which is a John Green adaptation, so I'm sure many people love this film and want to see this film very badly. So I just wanted to say to start off that Michelle did a Spanish review, and next year I will be learning all about Spanish, so that's pretty cool. So Michelle, can you please tell us what you thought about this film? As a huge fan of John Green, I <laughs> fell in love with this film. Like, I think it was perfect. I left the theater feeling the same exact way I finished the book, which I thought was a huge plus for me. Yeah, it's cool when you can like read the book and then see the movie and then feel the same way. Because yeah. a lot of the times when you read a book, you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Oh my gosh. And then when you see the movie, you're like... Yeah, it's completely different. <laughs> so I'm glad, because I, I did not, I was not able to read Paper Towns because I was still reading The Fault in Our Stars because it took me like eight years to. <laughs> so I'm glad that you could read it and could say that this film is awesome, fantastic. So Harmony, what did you think about the film? I thought the film was really entertaining. Um, I was really surprised with Cara Delevingne's acting, considering it's like her first major role. And the reappearance of Matt Wolf really made me happy because I loved him in The Fault in Our Stars. So it was just great seeing them act. Yep, yep. And Michelle, can you tell me about the plotline for those of you who do not know? Okay, so um, pretty much in Paper Towns, you're following a nerdy teenage boy, Quentin, played by Matt Wolf. I love him. As he tells you the story of how he fell in love with Margot Roth Spiegelman played by Cara Delevingne. And um, after having spent the best night of his life with Margot, she disappears. So Quentin goes on a road trip with help from his friends to find the love of his life and popular girl, Margot, who mysteriously disappears with only a few clues as to where she's gone. After I saw this film, I... Well, before... Okay, before I saw this film, I was... I thought it'd be really confusing. And it was confusing at some parts, but I thought, like, the storyline would be more confusing because since I didn't read the book, I had no idea what was going on. And Well, I did. Anyway, so <laughs> I was like, oh, I feel like it's going to come off wrong, but it didn't. I felt like the plot was very understanding and you definitely understand what was going on at any point in time. Yeah, for sure. So, Harmony, how do you think the writer John Green did with this adaptation? Did you read the uh, Paper Towns? Actually, I didn't finish Paper Towns because I was reading another John Green book. Not the Falcon Our Stars, I already read that, but Looking for Alaska. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And can you tell us, how, uh, since do you kind of know how John Green, like, you know, writes his things and what kind of flair he puts on his different books? Yeah, definitely. Did you see that in this film? Yeah, definitely. I can see how that, because uh, my friend saw, uh, read the book and then saw the movie and said it was a really good adaptation. And from my experience, reading Fault in Our Stars and seeing the movie be exactly the same, I could definitely imagine how Paper Towns is just as good as the book. That's great. So, Michelle, do you advise people to read the book and then watch the movie? Or do you think they should, not should, but do you think they can watch it without reading the book? I feel like if you were to read the book and then watch the movie, it's going to be easier and the audience will understand more. 
because let's say because I mean the plot line it's very different I don't think they've ever done a movie like that before so when you're first like let's say you're watching it without reading the book you're you're going to be a little bit confused and you're going to be like wow this is this movie is way too slow but when you read the book you know that it has like a pretty slow build up and at the end of the day it's still like an awesome movie so I really don't know like I guess it's hard to say but I would read the book because I don't know I love the book <laughs> John B it's awesome and that's why you should read the book <laughs> yes <laughs> so Michelle is it true to the book yes definitely I feel they like the, the roles are perfect I think Lacey um, Ben and Radar they're perfect characters Matt Wolf is awesome too very good looking love him and Kara she just like it was outstanding I was like wow like cause at first when they announced that she was gonna play Margo I was like uh okay that's weird yeah. um but then after I was like wow she did a really good job and now I'm like a pretty huge fan of her <laughs> that's good to be in a movie or to be in a film I should say to be in a film and no one really know who you are and be kind of skeptical about you and then when you're in a film that everyone is looking forward to you get all this exposure, and especially if you if you do a great job like she did. So, yeah, that's great. I'm happy for her. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Brianna Hope and today we are talking about Paper Towns, the Peanuts movie, Pixels, All Work, All Play, and Ant-Man. So right now, let's continue speaking with the wonderful Michelle and the awesome Fantastic Harmony about Paper Towns. And we were just talking about, you know, the different actors and the plot line and, you know, John Green's book of Paper Towns. So all that jazz. So Harmony, how many stars do you give this film out of five? I give it a four out of five stars. And why is that? Well, the movie was really entertaining and it's hilarious. And at times, I definitely was like, I really don't want this movie to end. I'm not looking forward to it ending. I want it to be longer. I'm having such a great time watching it. But then it was a little short of my expectations. It seems like the ending didn't do justice for the amazing buildup. Like, it was so amazing. I was, like, waiting. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be so good. It's going to hit such a high climax. It's going to be, like, insane. Yeah. But it was, like, mostly focusing on, like, a realistic, like, ending, realism, you know. Not I definitely as, understand that. Not as emotional as uh, Fault in Our Stars. It was more like laid back, the teenage life, like a real teenage life, than focusing on like real realisticness, I guess. <laughs> and so some people appreciate that. And, you know, some people were like, oh, man, I wanted like this unrealistic ending yeah. that makes me get what I want to get rather than, you know. I, I, I definitely understand what you're saying because throughout the film, well, throughout like the first half and maybe like, three quarters of the film you're like oh my gosh because as Michelle said it, you know people who didn't read the book or didn't read all of the book in this case um, they didn't see it, it felt very slow like at the beginning and in the middle so when it has that like three quarters build up when it finally has the build up you're thinking oh my gosh it's going to be fantastic awesome it, I mean and this this movie was still great it was um, yeah, I liked definitely. it it's just a little bit like oh this real realistic type thing that would totally happen but you know I was looking for a little bit more so I definitely understand what you're saying yeah exactly especially if people haven't seen uh haven't read the book they kind of fantasize different ways that it's going to end or what's going to happen since you don't know since you didn't read it and then once you do see the ending you know it might not have been as good as the expectations or the fantasy you thought in your head Rather than people who have read it, they know what's coming, and they're like, oh, this is a really good adaptation of what the book had, you know? Yeah, because in their mind, it's not... In their mind, they already know what's going to happen, so it's like, yeah. eh, 
it's 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 totally void of their mind that it's like oh what's gonna happen because they already know so michelle how many stars out of five would you give this film i give it the maximum five out of five stars and why is that because i think it did great justice to the book i think they did such a great job and i myself because when i first read the Faulkner stars and i saw the movie and i was like "Eh," it was like it they changed some things that i didn't want them to Mm -hmm. change but i feel like john green as along with the um, along with the director and producer, they really stayed true to the book, and um, yes, it might have you know that slow build up and anticlimactic ending, but I think like since it was so like since they only changed like one thing from that book, I loved it. Like yeah, I was, was just really happy they didn't change anything. Yeah, because book lovers, as uh, as myself, if that makes any sense, even though I didn't get to read this book, I love books. I love reading. I love everything about books because, you know, it transports you to a whole different place. So I am sure that people who read the book will definitely um, give respect and understand that if you stay true to this book, it's going to be awesome, fantastic. So definitely understand. Harmony, what is your favorite scene in this film? Oh, that is so hard. Let me recap <laughs> the entire movie in my head real quick. <laughs> uh, probably when they get revenge on all her enemies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I, I kind of felt like I wanted to see like a list like a list of everything and have them like check it off but that's just a little thing that I prefer <laughs> that's just how I am and Michelle what age range do you give this film um the age range I would say is 12 and up and Harmony I'd say 13 and up I definitely agree with both of you it is for older ages <laughs> yeah. because yeah the, you would have to watch this movie to understand but don't take your three year old or six year old little sister or brother <laughs> no that'll be very awkward and very very weird. So with that then, Michelle and Harmony, thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about Paper Towns. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I like talking to both of you guys. Paper Towns is in theaters now, guys, so please check it out. It sounds like an awesome, fantastic film. It is an awesome, fantastic film. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Brianna Hopiton from Kids First Coming Attractions. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? 
Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keith Blakesley, and we just got done talking about Paper Towns. We're also going to be talking about Pixels. All Work, All Play, Ant-Man, and the Schultz Museum. Now, we're going to be talking about, talking with Kendra and Kayla about the Schultz Museum, which, for those of you who don't know, Charles Schultz is the creator of the Peanuts, Snoopy, Charlie Brown, and might I add, the only, I feel like kids are the only people to review the Peanuts, because it's adults review it, all it comes out is, wah, 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 a little bit of peanut humor for you guys. So anyway, Kendra and Kayla, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great, how are you? Fantastic. You didn't harmonize. Oh, I was kind of expecting some harmonizing. Oops, sorry. It's fine. So um, tell us a little bit about your experience at the Schultz Museum. Okay, so at the Schultz Museum, it's basically about the history of Charles Schultz and how he created the Peanuts, the Peanut Gang, and Charlie Brown, and Snoopy. So in, in the museum, there's just one wall of the museums where it's made up of all of... Charles Schwartz uh, cartoons, and it's made and it's a picture of Charlie Brown and Lucy. So it's really cool. And if you look really closely, you can read some of his comics. And then also in other rooms, it explains uh, his history and how he how he created the Peanut Gang and Charlie Brown and Snoopy. Wow! And by the way, I love watching Charlie Brown and everything. I love. I, every Christmas we watch Char, uh, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. That's always been one of my favorite things to watch during Christmas. They're just amazing cartoons, and I'm glad there's a museum dedicated to Schultz. So yeah. tell us more about the um, different sort of attractions they have at the museum. Like, um, are there, is there anything like they show they show that uh, about the inner workings of his cartoon cartoon mind? Yes, they actually have. Um, they showed different things about Charles Schultz, and certain the few things that they showed was, like, his thrown-out drawings and his drawings that he would throw away after he would be done for the day. And there are also a couple of rooms and pictures about 
him actually drawing them in his actual workspace that he used to draw the actual place where he sat down and draw drawn all the characters. And you got to actually, even though he wasn't really there, you actually got to see exactly what he did and his experience while drawing the characters. He felt the presence of Schultz in that museum. Yeah. <laughs> so what, I understand this was the grand opening of it. So what kind of people were there? Who did you meet? We got to meet Craig Schultz and Janine Schultz. Craig is one of the writers and also Mr. Schultz's son, and Janine is his wife. Also, we got to meet the director, Steve, and Harry Glickman, who was responsible for him being able to include the first African-American cartoon character in a comic and some of the cast members who will be in the new Peanuts movie. Which is coming out, I believe, in November. Yes. Can't wait. So, Kayla, what would you say your favorite exhibit in the museum was? Probably my favorite exhibit is when they showed, not only they showed Charles Short's comics, but he they also showed his backstory, like the time when he was in the, he fought for our country, and what he did when he was younger, and his, his the history about Charles Schultz. Oh, wow. And Kayla, have you seen any of the cart- um, any of the Peanuts cartoons? And if so, what is your favorite? Yes, I love the Peanuts and Charlie Brown and all of them. My favorite has probably special probably has to be the the Christmas special. Oh yes, it's a classic. I love it. Yes, plus Christmas is my favorite holiday, so I just love everything Christmas. Mine too. But I also like the I like the Great Pumpkin from. Yes, yeah, that's also really good. It's one of my favorites. So, here's, here's a good question. Hollywood seems to be wanting to reboot a lot of classic cartoons. First Peabody and Sherman, now The Peanuts, and soon Popeye. Is there any classic cartoon you want to see reboot into a film? Hmm, that's a really good question. Yes. Um, it's a hard question, too. <laughs> well, maybe an upcoming movie, like a newer version of Tom and Jerry. Yeah, a cool, yeah. Like um, a modern version of Tom and Jerry. That would be an interesting movie to watch. That'd be great to see more slapstick in the modern film. Well, <laughs> yeah. hopefully that'll come out. Thank you very much, Kendall and Kayla, for talking about the Shorts Museum. Thank you for having us. Thanks. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and today we're talking about the films Pixels, All Work, All Play, Ant-Man, and the Shorts Museum. Right now I'm going to talk to Haley and Jerry about the Shorts Museum. How are you two doing? I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing Thank you. Fantastic. Now, Jerry, I'm going to stand you wearing your Peanuts hat right now. Yes, I am. It's uh, Santa Rosie Hockey and a picture of Snoopy. Oh, that's adorable. That's so cool. I wish I was able to. I wish I was able to see it. So, Jerry, tell us about your experience at the Schultz Museum. Well, it was pretty fantastic. We got to do a lot of fun things, including tour the entire museum. It was very nice of them. Thank you guys so much. And also, we got to see Charles Schultz's like original office. There's a replica in the museum, but we got to see the original office, and we even got to uh, try out the new video game that's coming out based off the film, which is very nice. It's coming out in November, early November, I believe. So that's pretty cool, and it was just overall really fun. And we also got to go to the hockey ring, which is where Charles Schultz uh, played hockey a lot, and he just loved it there. Charles Schultz played hockey? Wow. Yeah, he was actually very athletic. Learn something new every day. So, Haley, what would you say your favorite part of the exhibit was? Well, my favorite part of the exhibit was this particular exhibit that showed 
his dog Spike, and over the years, this is how he transformed into Snoopy, because it shows like basically each drawing that um, works his way up to drawing the picture of Snoopy, and it also led to all of his old um, ages of Snoopy as well, because it shows one drawing when he's walking like a regular dog on four legs, and then a little bit later, um, throughout the drawing, it shows how he stands up on two legs, which is, I thought, it was very interesting. The origins of Snoopy, that sounds amazing. Snoopy's got by far, guy is by far one of the most iconic dogs in, well, ev everywhere. And it's cool that he was based off his dog, it's so adorable. And I love seeing, seeing the creation, the process of characters being turned into what we know them as today. Me too, too. Fantastic. Also, a little fun fact. Do you know why they are called the Peanut Gang? Oh, the Peanuts? Yeah. Uh, I figured out, oh, when I asked um, his son, Craig Schultz, mm -hmm. he said that um, his original name was Taken. So one of, um, one of, one other person suggested the name Peanuts, and it, the show became Peanuts in the comic strip named after Peanuts. And for years and years after, he hated the name until he died. Oh, that's, that's kind of sad. Because I remember that it was based on, like, the Howdy Doody show from the 1950s. Because there was a little place where the kids were called the Peanut Gallery over there. So, that's it. Fun facts. So, Jerry, what kind of people did you meet there? Um, I met Craig Schultz, the son of Charles Schultz. I met his wife. Janine Schultz, sorry if I mispronounce it. I also met people from the film, including Francesca Capaldi, who plays the very famous little red-haired girl, which we also learned about very long story behind the little red-haired girl. Haley Bell Miller, who plays Lucy Van Pelt, and Marmar, who plays Franklin Armstrong, and a whole bunch of other people. Wow. And what kind of questions did you ask them? We kind of all asked different questions. I asked a lot of questions on pretty much how was it to play characters that were spanned between three, four generations now and are probably one of the most famous characters in the world. And what was the response to that? Can you rec recollect the answers? A lot of them were completely unbelieved and they, and I remember Marmar saying that his friends didn't believe him at first. Well, of course, you're playing... Sorry, sorry, continue. Which was kind of funny and an interesting thing about Frank, Franklin Armstrong is that He's actually one of the first African-American characters in comic strips, so Franklin Armstrong was very famous. So I've heard, wow. And it's it's kind of surreal that you're playing an iconic character like, well, the Peanuts or Charlie Brown. I mean, kind of is. There's a, there's a big fan basis for these for these iconic characters, and it's probably a lot of pressure. Yeah, it is, definitely. So what do you think, so Haley, what do you think would be most, what are you most excited about, about the Peanut movie coming out in November? I'd like to see how it's similar to the comic strip and the show and see what's improved because I'm really excited to see it because I haven't seen like a Peanuts episode in a long time mm. and now that they're bringing back I'm really happy. That's good. And Jerry, have you, uh, you, have you seen any Peanut cartoons and if so, what is your favorite? My favorite is definitely one of the Halloween special specials, Charlie Brown the Great Pumpkin. Because I could not stop laughing when I learned of the whole concept of that episode about the Grey Pumpkin. And it just kind of made me laugh. And every Halloween when they would air that, I would always watch it. It was kind of tradition. So that's probably my favorite. It's nice to see that Schultz cartoons still touch the hearts of people at Young at Heart and the Young as well. That's amazing. Well, thank you very much, Jerry and Haley, for talking about the Schultz Museum. I gotta go check it out.
The museum is in Santa Rosa, California. Please go check it out. Also check out shortsmuseum.org to see if, to check out the exhibits and figure out how to get there. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keith Blakesley, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Brianna Hope Beatson, and today we have just finished speaking to Jerry, Haley, Kendall, and Kayla about the Peanuts movie and their whole experience with that. We are talking about Pixels, All Work, All Play, and Ant-Man. So right now we are speaking with 11-year-old Mia from Boulder, Colorado, and 17-year-old Brandon from Miami, Florida, about Pixels. So, Mia, how are you today? I'm very good. How are you? I'm doing fabulous, and Brandon, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? 
I am doing awesome, fantastic. So, Mia, can you tell me what you thought about this film? Well, I really like this film. All the computer animation was incredible. And I actually thought Adam Sandler did a good job in this movie, even though a lot of people thought that he was going to do a really bad job. Definitely understand that. And Brandon, what were your thoughts on this film? I was okay with it, so I gave it three out of five. The visuals were great, especially with the pixels and everything, but... Hey, the plot was a little, yeah, it could have, you know, it could have used some work. Mm-hmm. When, because it's kind of different. I've never seen something like this. I, well, I still haven't seen it because I haven't seen Pixels yet. But the plot line I have not seen. So executing a new original type of storyline is always challenging because you don't know how people will react to it. So me at the games of the 1980s, which was a great era, even though I didn't live in it, not era, time period, um, Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, Space Invaders, was it, was it like playing the games in real life? Did you think back on your childhood, on the, on the games that you played, or? Well, I've actually played some of these games, even though, like he said, I wasn't in that time period at all, but it was super realistic, and it was exactly like how I used to play, and it felt like you were actually playing the game in real life. It was so realistic, and I actually enjoyed it. That's great. And Brandon, out of these games, which is your favorite? Um, it has to be between uh, Donkey Kong and Mario. Um, Mario more so because, uh, Donkey Kong more so because of, you know, Mario, of course. But then, as far as a game goes, Pac-Man, because I, I yes. played it on the computer. You know how Google has it? Yeah. I played it in, like, I think an arcade once, and, yeah, I've had a ton of fun with that game. I don't know. I love Pac-Man. Like, I love love Pac-Man. I never tried any of the other games because Pac-Man was my life for like three days and I was like, ooh, Barbies, but you know, whatever. <laughs> this was a real life, but the special effects really set it apart because both of you said, you know, the visuals are awesome, fantastic. So, Brandon, what did you, you know, in depth, what did you think about the visuals and the cinematography and the special effects? Well, the visuals were definitely, uh, I watched it in 3D, so that really got got me into this world. They really went into a lot of detail with everything from the video game characters. It felt just maybe a little bit too video gamey. I don't know how to describe it, but the detail was incredible. It's tough. It's really tough, man, to get it from that 1980s graphics, uh, those you know, 8-bit kind of graphics into an HD quality movie. And they did it. They did an incredible job in making that transition. I'm glad they did so. I mean, I don't play a lot of video games, but watching the previews for this movie, I was like, whoa, I feel like I should play more video games. I don't know why it gave me that feeling, but I feel like I should play more video games for this film. So, Mia, can you tell us what the plotline is about? Yeah, Pixels, I think, well, it starts off in 1982, and it's about a boy named Sam, played by Adam Sandler, and his friends who enter in the arcade world championship and when sam doesn't win his life kind of like goes downhill from there until the alien invasion of course and sam and his team is the only people who can save the world from getting destroyed so i absolutely love films that like they have a situation or problem and they call the people they grew up with or they call people they know or they it's like they bring this whole team together um based on their traits, based on whatever. But I love when people come together and they accomplish a goal. I just love that because 
everything is better with more people. <laughs> You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Brianna Hobiton, and today we are talking about Pixels, All Work, All Play, and Ant-Man. So right now, let's continue speaking with Mia and Brandon about Pixels, and we were just talking about the visuals and how they were awesome, and um, they were really lively and realistic, and how they are a little bit too video gamey, whichever that means, but you'll have to talk to Brandon about that. So, Brandon... What age range do you think this film is for? That's actually um, one of the little down points I have with the movie. Um, it's a very, very specific audience when I saw it. It's basically that 40 to 55 male range, I guess you could say. Basically, because there are a lot of games in this movie. I have to, I watched it with my dad. I had to talk to him the entire time of like, Oh, what's that game? Oh, what's that game? And... It's going to be tough for little kids to watch it, so I would say that range, that 40 to 60 male range, basically if you played video games in the 1980s. Oh, I I understand that, I do, because in some films where it's like very specific, anyone else outside that range, and if they go with someone, they're like, well, what's this, and what's this, And, and you really want to understand, because if you don't understand something, then you end up confused. So I definitely understand what you mean about being in the 1980s and playing these games and and having so much fun with your friends and things like that. So Mia, do you think this film would be for those who play, like actually played the games, or do you think that if you play any type of game, you'll kind of relate to this film? Well, yeah, I agree with what Brendan said, but I also thought that when my mom and my sister, who I saw it with, we were a little confused on the target audience because, like he said, the people who are older would understand all the games, but also, like, some of the plot and, like, all the action, it was also in the modern time, and there are still some games you can play with that. So I also think it could be likable to some younger of ages. Okay. And how many stars do you give this film, Mia? I'd give it three and a half to four stars because it was original plot, new, different, and I do think it was pretty good. And Brandon, is there anything that you would like to take out or add to this film? To add to this film, uh, character development. It's a lot of, I don't know, I guess stereotypes maybe. Develop the characters a little bit and also kind of you know, give some dialogue and some more... I don't know, just more to the comedy. It felt a bit, I I guess you could say, childish. I don't know. Yeah, when I see some films, it's like when when you first see them, like in order of appearance, when you first see them, you're like, oh, and then you kind of assess what their character is like so you understand like better the film and I think we do this unconsciously we're just like oh and, and you know he does this or he's mean or whatever and then as the film progresses you note little small changes in them and then you know of course the ending so they, it's this whole progression and so if I, I understand when you mean more character changing and, and all those different types of things because when you see a character and they don't change it's like then what did you learn bro so (laughs) mia what did you learn from this film is there like a message or something that you got out of this film well like i said in what it's about is how sam doesn't win i thought some of the morals was that even if you're not number one you can still achieve something very well and you should believe in yourself but also um, there were video games, and like nowadays, it's like, stop getting off your iPhone or something. But I feel like s- sometimes if you think something's really important and you're really good at it and somebody thinks that it's not, then it someday it could be super important. 
not recommending to play video games all day, but... <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I, I love when films have messages that are, like, really needed, because sometimes film has messages, and it's like, yeah, that's a great message, but I really don't need that right now, and I feel like a lot of people need this, because not everything is a competition. A lot of people yeah. think things are competition, and it's like... I don't see a leaderboard, I don't see anything else, and I mean, of course, in video games there sometimes is, but in life, life is never a competition, you are you, you're an individual, and they got nothing on you, you awesome, you you cool, you chill, so, uh, Brandon, would you want to see this film again, or, you know, take your family to see it? Okay, that's a tough one, uh, if it was scrolling, if I was scrolling through the channels, and I saw it pop up, I think I would watch it again, mm-hmm. but... I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to see it again. It's enjoyable. It's an enjoyable movie. I just wouldn't see it again. It's one of those films where it's like, it was good, but I would rather watch something else again and again and again. Because me, I would like to watch The Longest Ride over and over again. I have only watched it once, but I plan after I get it to watch it 80 more times because that was a great film and I loved it. So, well, Mia and Brandon, thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about Pixels. Pixels is in theaters now, guys, and you should definitely see it because of the visuals and everything else incorporated into this film, so please check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Brianna Hobiton from Kids First Coming Attractions. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keith Blakesley, and we just got done talking about pixels and paper towns and also the Schultz Museum. Right now, I'm going to be talking with Jerry, who is in California, the great California, about all work, all play. How are you doing, Jerry? I am doing wonderful. How about you? Fantastic. So, um, tell us a little bit about this documentary about competitive gaming. Of course. So, All Work, All Play is pretty much letting anybody know, anybody who knows everything about what All Work, All Play is about esports, and everybody that doesn't know anything about esports. And it pretty much tells you the story of a few teams, one team specifically called Cloud9, and their kind of quest of playing professionally a video game called League of Legends, and one man specifically who is kind of like the leader of a huge organization that does international gaming competition. And it's just kind of that team's quest through that entire competition. That that competition's probably the first competition, like, worldwide. Now, Jerry, I'm going to pose to you a theory. A game theory. Okay. (laughs) Um, Does this documentary pose the question, are video games technically a sport? It definitely talks about how that people kind of don't consider it a sport, but it is very sports-like, and they show it to you, that you need to train crazier than a sport, that actually people train more in, in this esports, the professional gaming, than they do in NBA or NFL, and that in a esports championship, more people saw it than an NBA championship. So that was kind of interesting. And ESPN still doesn't consider it a sport, but a lot of other people do. And yet they consider poker a sport on ESPN. And cup stacking. And cup stacking. Yep. You know what I'm getting at, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> and yet, well, chess is a sport. I don't care what anyone says. Chess is still technically a sport because it uses your brain. Yes, it does. So, how did this, what was like the documentary style of this film with um, showing the, the inside look of video gaming? So, tell us a little about that. that. So it's kind of telling a story. I mean, there is no narrator. There is no person, like, voiceover and explaining what's going on. There is just a story of what's going on, and it does a very nice way of kind of showing the people playing the game, practicing, or whatever's going on, and then what's actually happening in the game. And they also talk about what the game they're focusing on, League of Legends, is, because if you don't know what League of Legends is, it is extremely, utterly confusing yeah. trying to find out what is going on. Now, what would you say the audience for this documentary is? Like I said, they do a very nice way of making the film for everybody who knows what esports is and people who don't know what even a video game is. It's just very in-depth and very specific detail, which I thought was a fantastic job. Certainly, and I'm not a big video game Concert sewer, if I may say so myself. Um, 
but I know a little bit about esports. So, as a gamer, I mean, I, I know you play some video games. What would you? What do you take from this? Um, like showing a deeper side from video game, the video game culture. Well, it doesn't more. It doesn't focus on video games themselves. It really focuses more on esports. Of course, it does look up, take a look at video games because you can't take a look at esports without what they are actually about. Video games. But from a video gamer's perspective, I do some uh, video games when I have free time. Uh, it's interesting, you know, you never really think that it's hard because you see these people playing extremely well on you know, these video games that I am terrible at. And you wonder, how are they doing this? And it must be so easy for them, that's the dream job. Well, it's really not. Because one, their entire paycheck depends on if they're going to win the match, they're going to get that kill, they're going to get that kill streak. And it takes hours and hours of practice. And if you fall below, you're out of the, out of there. So it is very, very tough, and it's not a joke either. I mean, people's entire career is based off this. They show some statistics that the most you can get paid is almost a million, over a million dollars a year. It's not NFL paychecks, but this is a professional job right here. Certainly, and I will admit, when I looked up all work, all play, I kind of snickered a little bit because the synopsis says it shows the struggle of competitive gaming, and I kind of snickered because I'm thinking, struggle? What struggle? But um, no, I, I looked into some of the pain they get from the wrist and the reflex they have to use, so no, yeah, there is a darker side of competitive gaming. Yeah, there definitely is, and it's not easy, and a lot of people think it's easy, that you just go, you play, you get a lot of money, and you're happy. It's definitely not that. You need train and train for hours and hours. I'm like, they talk about this one person who's on the Cloud 19, and he trains 40, 50 hours a week. Yes. And he's still wow. not the best player out there. That just gives you an idea that people train their entire lives, and then they go out there, and they're not the best. Certainly. And there's an... This film is actually out, so go check it out. It shows everything about uh, about esports. Thank you very much, Jay, for talking about it. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and today we're talking about the films Pixels, Paper Town, All Work, All Play, and the Schultz Museum. Right now, I'm talking to 13-year-old from Boulder, Declan, about the new Marvel. Well, not that new, but still Marvel film Ant-Man. How are you doing, Declan? I'm doing good. How are you? Fantastic. I'm just happy to be talking about Ant-Man since I finally saw it. Uh, so, uh, what were your impressions of this film? So, um, I know they're making a lot of Marvel movies right now, so I was hoping it was going to be um, as good as a lot of the other Marvel movies, and I definitely think it lived up to that expectation. Certainly, and actually, seeing this film, it kind of showed that there's a broader universe for it, because we actually, I won't give it away, but there was some cameos, maybe the Avengers. Um, are you by any chance a Marvel fan? Um, I'm not the biggest Marvel fan, but I do know, like, some about Marvel. Okay. How does this film, like, characterize? Do you feel like this character, Ant-Man, could, has, like, the, is in the same league as maybe Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man or Mark Ruffalo as Hulk? Do you think this, he's in the same league? I think he is. Um, this is a little hard question. But, yeah, I think he's a lot, first of all, he is a lot different, because he has a little different towards, like, attitude a lot of things, yeah. and he thinks a lot of different ways, and he kind of approaches it a lot differently. So I totally think he's, like, in the same league as them. Yeah, and I understand it's a hard question because yeah. when you're talking about Iron Man and Hulk, you're kind of like, yes, Hulk and little Ant-Man. I mean, you would think kind of sneak a little bit. 
So what would you say about the action in this film? I mean, what do you think? There's a lot of action. I really liked a lot of it. You gotta see, like, different action when, you, like, the Ant-Man was so small and he was running around and, like, battling with the ant. But you also gotta see him, like, in action as, like, a... Not when he's, like, all small and you gotta, like, see him, like, fight, like, the main villain. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised to see that they made this, the Ant-Man, a very respectable character, um, especially in today's kind of movie industry for superheroes and to see him shrink and get bigger and shrink and get better when he's going going hand-to-hand combat with his enemies it's it's pretty cool so what do you see the future of ant-man in maybe new marvel films oh i'm actually really excited to see him other marvel movies because you usually see like all the big action with the um like with the robots and stuff like the main ones but now you get to see like how he could use his like small powers to his advantage to get through like the monsters and like kind of break them from the inside Totally agree. And that brings me to my next question. Ant-Man versus Iron Man. Go. Ooh, um, this is a really <laughs> hard one. Um, but personally, I actually do like Ant-Man a little better because I've, I like, I kind of do like his attitude a little better because I've heard about a lot of them and I kind of like, Ant-Man's a little more relatable in my opinion and I really like relatable characters. So, and he has such a good backstory. Okay then, so next movie idea, Iron Man versus Ant-Man. So we're going to make it happen. You heard it here, folks. So what would you say your favorite character in this whole entire film was? Ooh, my favorite character was one of the three, like, um, kind of friends of Ant-Man, which, <laughs> and out of the three, Lewis, because he was such a funny character. Like, whenever he was um, on, he always had something really funny or kind of just random to say. Like, um, I remember in one of the scenes where he would just started ranting about something random and completely, like, really funny and random that had nothing to do with what he was talking about. So. Yeah, he was a funny character. And it's nice to see that comic book films... Have a sense of humor. It's not just brooding and life choices. It's just sometimes just like get away from all that drama and get into some fun comedy. Yeah, I agree with that. Speaking of the comedy, what other things did you find that was funny in this film? Well, especially Ant Man. He had a lot of great um, comedic timing. Like he had, he like was able to know like when to crack jokes. They had a lot of great jokes, and especially relating to other movies and relatable jokes. Totally agree. I think it's a fun film. Thank you so much, Declan, for talking about Ant-Man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. This film is in theaters now, so goes, please check it out. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions to watch our video reviews of the latest and DVD releases. And to learn how you too can become a Kids First film critic, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Also check us out in the teen section of Huffington Post and our, and our blogs. We are a project of Coalition for Quality Children's Media. We believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. <laughs>